welcome to another episode of the New Model Advisor podcast. I'm Natasha Turner, the Features Editor, and today I'm joined by George Kinder, the founder of the Kinder Institute of Life Planning. Uh, and we're just going to talk a little bit today um, about your work and about what we think the sort of uh, future of life planning is and where we are now. Mm. Um, so just for those people that are listening that don't know, can you just briefly explain the kind of thing that you do um, the kind of work or the courses and things like that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I was a financial advisor for many years, uh, 20 or 30 years, and then uh, migrated to training advisors because we, uh, we had a kind of a unique way of um, approaching clients. And, uh, and so what we do is we train advisors largely in listening skills mm -hmm. and, uh, and inspirational skills. And, uh, and relationship skills. Um, and the, uh, we give a number of trainings and, and ultimately a designation called the Registered Life Planner Designation. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, hundreds of people, I think 500 people now through at least one of our programs here in the UK. Mm -hmm. And we're active on all six, on six continents and 30 countries. So um, we're, we're, we're out there uh, quite a bit. And the trainings, the there are three trainings that are required to become a registered life planner. The most astonishing one is the five-day uh, training where you go, it's a residential training, and it's, um, it's, it never ceases to be inspiring and exciting for everyone who takes it. And uh, partly because it's, um, what happens is that there's only a dozen or so people and two or three trainers, and the people pair up and they life plan each other. And it's inspiring and exciting for everyone who takes it. And the reason is, is that there's only a dozen people on it, two or three trainers. And the, um, the way it works is that you get life planned by your partner. You choose somebody and then the trainer helps uh, to, to support that. But you get life planned at the same time you're practicing for five days, life planning the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. And uh, and life planning itself is an astonishing thing because what it does is it leads the the client or the consumer um, to their their dream of freedom to their dream of who they really want to be, and that's the basis what we believe the basis of all financial work ought to be is mm -hmm. that we're not here to sell products we're here to help the client or their family um, move into their their dream of freedom. Um, where do you think we are at in that? Uh, so if you know everyone's a life planner is the end goal, yeah. and everyone's selling products is the start. Ah, yeah. Where are we at in the journey there in the UK yeah. and yeah. otherwise? Because I imagine it's different. Yeah, I, my, my hunch is that we're at a, a kind of a takeoff uh, a place uh, because the. Uh, uh, the, still, overwhelmingly, people have been uh, taught and trained in either sales methodologies or spreadsheet methodologies, and and uh, but we're seeing a significant in increase in interest, and I, I see that by also other life planning organizations uh, arrive arising in in England. So we know that the interest is increasing quite a bit, and. It would make sense that it would uh, rise, partly because of the robo advice movement, blockchain, mm -hmm. and all of that. The uh, the making of of, um, of financial planning and financial processes into commodities, okay. and that's been something that's going, been going on for five or ten years. But I think the the robo advice movement has 
really accelerated this quite dramatically. So what that means is that the proposition for an advisor to be a great advisor is really no longer around products or spreadsheets. It's really around what do they give to the client that is is uh, special. And, the, and, and what is special is to have great relationship skills and listen so well that you um, are inspired by who the client wants to be and you dedicate the financial resources then to make that happen. That's interesting. So the takeoff of robo or just technology in general, that's not working against this mm -mm. kind of um, planning. No, I, I think it's working together. Absolutely. I think it's a fantastic thing. I mean, uh, obviously it puts pressure on advisors, but I think it's putting pressure on the right things. We, we shouldn't be salespeople. That was a mm. failed model to begin with. It was a, an institutionalized model run by big product companies. And it's really not who people are. Pe people want to live great lives. They don't want to buy great products. They want those products to support those lives. And they want the advisor to know enough about their life, really to know a great deal, to be their mentor, their uh, closest colleague around this, so that whatever products they do buy, whatever spreadsheet process they go through, they have confidence is delivering them and their family into the life that is the most fabulous life they could imagine for themselves. So a robo could uh, take all the processy things and free up time then for the advisor. That would... Absolutely. What about if um, we get to the point where the robot could be doing the advice. I mean, could could a computer yeah. or whatever art start asking the kind of questions that are required right. in life planning? Well, we have actually a computer process. We have a robo okay. life planning process <laughs> that is, uh, it's called life planning for you. Okay. And, um, and we have it free for the consumer and without advertising at all, we have, I think it's getting close to 10,000 consumers on the, on the site. Mm -hmm. So apparently they feel it has great value. Um, we also have many advisors using the site as, a, as a, an add-on to whatever robo-systems they're using okay. elsewhere. But the truth is that um, most of us um, hold ourselves back from doing what we really want to do. Mm -hmm. we, we might really want to, um, we have a nagging thing about our six-year-old daughter that we don't have quite as good a relationship with her as we'd like, or we or we want to write the great British novel, or we want to act in an independent film, or we want to play jazz in a nightclub, or start our own business. And we hold ourselves back from it, thinking, well, I'll get to that maybe, mm -hmm. but this other way is easy. And what a, a life planner does is listens, and when they hear those kind of things, they, they have a way, we have a way through our questioning process um, that uh, deepens in those areas where the client seems to have the greatest aspirations or the greatest longings. So on a computer program, you can slide by it yourself. You can just ignore it or list it, but then ignore it. But with an advisor uh, with good listening skills and trained in empathy mm -hmm. and inspirational skills, um, our, our passion as an advisor shifts from selling to wanting to help the client and wanting to give them exactly what would make uh, them have the strongest life they could possibly have. So 
I think as good as, I, as proud as I am of our life planning robo advisor ourselves, I think that nothing will ever substitute for having a mentor, mm -hmm. a coach. And this is more than a coach because it's, uh, it's really putting the money and the, um, and the passion together. So uh, some robo services have been um, designed or are used um, to try and maybe bridge the generational advice gap because yeah. they're often cheaper. Um, and we also have people sometimes saying, you know, maybe they've been doing some life planning or, or a similar kind of skills and they've helped um, a client to find a bit of money, take a holiday or something like that, that, that makes them feel good, I suppose. Yeah. But presumably it's much easier to maybe life plan people at the end who are just, you just need to find the money and show them how to spend it. Whereas people right at the start of the journey, younger people, is it more difficult to, or is there a different approach to uh, showing them how to start saving, I suppose? Right, yeah. So in a way, it's, it's not about uh, either saving or taking a vacation. Um, and it's, it's certainly not harder. Uh, um, I work with everyone, and I train people to work with everyone exactly the same way. Okay. What, is, what we're working with is um, the dreams, dreams of freedom. So in a way, it works better for a young person than it works for someone older. Mm -hmm. Because the, their passions are really strong, they're really clear. Often, sometimes they're confused and then we can help them there as well. But often they're really clear what they want to do. Yeah. And, but often they feel like they're trapped financially and can't figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I would never say it's a, it's a question of just saving up for a vacation. I, I want my client to find a way that their, their life is a thrill, not just two weeks in, on a holiday on an island somewhere. So, um, so no, it works very well with all, all, uh, all levels. And if you think about it with a young person, a young person in a way has more flexibility too mm -hmm. in terms of um, uh, they can possibly work, live on less than someone who gets kind of set in their ways and uh, stuck in their routines, mm -hmm. so to speak. So, no, I think it works beautifully for the old and the young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've also sometimes um, had uh, people say that after they've done a course or they've picked up some of the skills that when they've applied that with their clients, sometimes they've had clients really open up, sometimes cry, things can get quite emotional, right? Um, does it ever stray into kind of uh, areas that advisors are not trained in? I mean, there's an element of psychological training needed, counseling, that kind of thing. Right. And how does, how does life planning account for that? Yeah, great question. Um, and it's been a, a question all along from the very beginning. And it's, it's something I have uh, some concerns about with people who aren't trained. Um, let's say someone's gone through uh, therapy themselves and they've learned a little bit from that process. Mm -hmm. Um, then they can really get confused uh, in their work with a client because they'll think they're doing life planning, but in fact they're veering off toward therapy. Um, it, with a registered life planner, that, that should never happen. Okay, so there are quite clear distinctions. Very clear, and, it, and it, it's, it's, it's interesting. We, our goal is to deliver a client into their dream of freedom. So we have a very clear process for it. 
And uh, we start discussing it in the first meeting. Uh, by the second meeting, we've identified what that dream is. Uh, the third meeting, we're solving the obstacles to that. And the fourth meeting, we've uh, executed the plan, and, and, uh, uh, and, and so it goes. With a, a therapist, um, so we're lo looking forward at what the dreams are, what the goals are. And uh, the overlap is that we empathize. We think that empathy helps your clients um, both trust you and trust themselves to be able to talk about uh, what's most important. And so that's where the tears come up sometimes. Mm -hmm. But a therapist, in contrast, would hear not about the goals so much, but they would be thinking, well, why haven't you done it? Okay. Okay. And so what are the blocks? And then they would dive into the blocks, and the blocks are the history, the past. We never do that. Okay. If the client shares it, we empathize, mm -hmm. but we keep coming back to the vision. Let's make it happen. Let's make it real. So often I, I think that what happens a lot of times, I think that most people are probably a little bit neurotic. Most of us are. And But what happens in a life planning engagement is we get through those neuroses much quicker than in therapy because we really find a way to deliver people into their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And when you, when you first... Uh, started in the UK here. Honestly, what was the take-up like? Because I feel like the culture here is slightly more reserved and, you know, we don't, we don't always want to talk to our lifetime about our feelings and things. Is that, was it difficult and is that still the case? You know, I, I get that question in every culture I go to, <laughs> including America. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and partly because America has these two cultures, right? I mean, uh, you were born in San Francisco and spent some time in Boston, so that's one culture. But you go down south or you go to Texas sure. or Florida, it's a totally different culture. So actually, there are many more than just two cultures, but that, that's, yeah. that's kind of the exaggerated uh, uh perspective we have from politics and everything. Mm -hmm. So here in, in Britain, I don't know whether you have two cultures or not, but I know that the the take-up was passionate, was excited, was interested, and all that it took was one person uh, who was at that point the head of the IFP, mm -hmm. and uh, he was thrilled with <laughs> the, the whole concept and brought us over and we had uh, large workshops and started to bring people in. And uh, so we've never we've never had that that problem, that, that problem comes, I think, more from the old line product people. Okay. Because they don't know how to do this. Yeah. They think it's all about sales. And what are some of the best stories you've yeah. had at some of your workshops or retreats? Yeah. Well, gosh, the, uh, uh, the, I mean, it's, it's every single time uh, a person goes through the the five-day training, they come out and they're a different person at the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's small things that they're doing, and sometimes it's huge. Sometimes they change their, their jobs, their passions change. Um, uh, so uh, uh, from, from my stories, one of my favorites uh, is one I've shared in a, a few of my books, which is uh, the one of the couple coming in and you, you know, you, with a couple, it's always very interesting. It's it's some of our some of our best work in life planning is with couples, and and part of the reason is that we we work to light both people's torch individually, mm -hmm. separately. If you light them together, um, what happens is that the dominant person around goals tends to squash the other person's uh, dreams. 
So um, we light them individually and separately. So the first, the, so this couple came in and the, the fellow wanted to, he was so tired of his work. He was in his early 50s and he just wanted to sail around the world and that's all that he wanted to do for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And so I got, wow, that's great. You know, Timothy, this is fantastic and, and let's make it happen. And, uh, uh, and he was so excited when he saw that there was actually support for such a crazy <laughs> idea. But I could see that he was able to, uh, they'd have to cut back some expenses, but they were going to be able to do it. And, um, and then his wife uh, started to talk and uh, I turned to her and I asked her how it was. And she said, well, George, the, um, you know, I love Timothy and everything and I know his dream here, but the truth is I get seasick. <laughs> so, so there I was and I thought, oh, this is going to be the worst <laughs> experience I've ever had in life planning. But it never works out that way. What happens is that uh, they were committed to each other and they loved each other. And so we uh, devised a dream for him where he would spend part of every year out sailing. And we devised a dream for her. She loved gardens. Mm -hmm. And one of the places that I made sure they came to was Sissinghurst here down, at, down uh, near Tunbridge Wells. Okay. Um, and that he would sail into a port and they would travel to Sissinghurst because of the beautiful gardens that were designed there by Vita Sackville West. And so they did a kind of a gardening uh, sailing journey where she flew in and he, uh, and with a grandchild and he, uh, which was another one of her passions, um, and he uh, and sailed. And so it, it always works out. Um, and what happens is people get to do the things they love the most. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's kind of compromises. Well, except they didn't, uh, neither of them had to compromise. Neither of them <laughs> had to compromise. <laughs> Does that happen a lot where it's just kind of trying to work out how two people can do? Yeah, mostly it is. It's really, it's one of the things I've always loved in life planning more than anything. I love working with couples because you're, I mean, you are, uh, you're intimate with them. I mean, they, they, they often fall in love again. Okay. They'll be surprised. They'll go, oh, I didn't know you still love to do that. Or, um, you know, they'll be surprised and, uh, um, and interested. Re they're, 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 the flame gets reignited. It's quite lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. It's interesting you say about uh, if they're coming in together, one might squash the other. Yes. Is there, I mean, I guess, is there a kind of most wider impact that you're having in that pe many couples become much more equally weighted, equally valued? Like, yes. Is there a kind of... Yeah. Well, I think we're supporting the movement that's in the culture yeah. right now. And, and you can see it uh, strongly in, in the culture today, and I, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. But it's we're just we're going along with it. It seems like the right thing. And one of the things that I've learned from my years in the business is that a a couple where one of the partners has more power than the other um, has an inherent weakness in it. They're less likely to thrive as a couple at some point that it just isn't going to work. And the person who has less power is going to rebel or the person who has more power is going to leave. So um, we, uh, we very much find that what we do is we strengthen mm. the relationship. We make it a, a, a stronger bond. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Yeah. In, in very short time, very short period of time. It's not hours and years and weeks and months of therapy. It's, uh, yeah. it's three to five meetings. And, yeah. 
And where, what's your view on the sort of advice profession uh, as a whole at the moment? Um, where do you think we're at? Well, I think we're, we're at a place where everybody is considering what, where their value is going to be. They're seeing the diminishment of that value. I mean, I think the robo-advisors are fantastic. I, I love much of their methodologies. Um, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend a number of them to people who simply can't afford uh, an advisor, and, and my hunch is that they'll do very well. So I, I think that that's putting pressure on advisors to actually be real people mm -hmm. and to no longer sell. A and that's a, that should be a relief to advisors mm -hmm. as well as to their, their clients and customers. So I think it's a great thing. Um, and I think that it also diminishes, should diminish the power of the product companies. And I think that's a good thing too. The, um, the product companies should never have had the power that they've had. Always the advisors should have greater power and greater influence um, because they're the ones who are really uh, making a difference in the client's life. So I think it's all uh, 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 in process and very good and will continue to develop uh, these relationship skills. Mm. Um, and, uh, keep, and I think it's also extremely good. I, I'm, my, the book I'm writing now is about all of civilization and it's called A Golden Civilization and it's looking at the economics and the political structures that we have. And one of the things that I think will happen as life planning expands its influence and becomes more what everybody does is that the economy will get um, revved up. Because if you think about it, what we really want is everybody to be passionate about what they do in life. And that's the kind of growth that is the most organic growth. And it's not a growth that's driven by, you know, monetary policy or, or by fiscal policy. It's driven by each of us, our animal spirits, our passions, uh, to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. So advisors will be like the, the work and passion fluffers of <laughs> the workers. I, I, think there, I think we have a secret. I think there's a, a real... Uh, power that advisors have and a real centrality in the economics of the uh, of the world that is going to become more and more evident. And hopefully that might then persuade other people to join the profession. I, I think that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for people wanting to get in now, if there's uh, a few training academies and things yes. like that, yeah. what would you recommend uh, would be a good course to take if you were maybe just graduating and wanting to yeah. get in? Well, I, um, I would not hesitate to recommend. I've got, there are three things that I would say. I would not hesitate to recommend, first and foremost, become a registered life planner. And the reason is, is that what you want the basis of your firm to be is your relationship with the clients and your capacity to deliver them into, into freedom. If instead your uh, approach is to sell product or even to uh, design spreadsheets, um, it's, it's not really what the client is after. Uh, so I would first get the registered life planner designation and then I would look at either the CFP or the chartered. They're both good designations. I think the CFP probably is a bit more oriented toward financial planning, but the chartered seems to be really catching, catching up and is, is clearly very popular. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. And is there anything else you think that our 
listeners should know about? No, I, I, I think, the, well, I think the listeners here are mostly financial advisors, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, what I would say is get trained in listening skills, relationship skills, inspirational skills, and, um, and anything that you feel will enhance your ability to deliver the clients into freedom. Okay, excellent. Thanks very much. Um, and just before we end, I'd just like to remind everyone to please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, you can leave us a review. And you can also find the podcast every week on our SoundCloud, on the Hub, on our website, and on Twitter.